Welcome back, everyone, to After the Sermon Ends. We know that after the sermon ends, the conversations begin. Uh, Today, we are joined by Marcus Donaldson and Jared Cagle. My name is Josh Richards, and we are recapping the Christmas service. So how did it go, guys? I I wasn't personally able to be there on Sunday, but I know. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, how'd it go? Went great. Marcus, how'd it go? You, you feel good about it, man? I feel great about it. I mean, one thing that that I can be sure of is that the building was secured by the Holy Spirit. Yeah, and and Marcus Donaldson, his holy servant. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Marcus was on security and protecting the building, um, as he always does, and we appreciate that. But um, we were in Genesis chapter 21, and we were also talking about the greater promised son, um, for Christmas, which is the birth of Jesus. Um, so Jared, why don't you give us a recap about the message? Can I interject Please. just quickly? So Hebrews ten twenty four, And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together, as is the mm. habit of some named Joshua X. Richards oh! at gmail.com. <laughs> I oh, didn't know gosh. where he was going. <laughs> I'm Call just me kidding. Out. I didn't just know where kidding. he was going. I like it. I'm kidding. No, that that was great. I appreciate the the accountability there. <laughs> um, but that's good. Um, I have listened to the sermon and it was very beneficial for me. And I look forward to rejoining the congregation of the saints. The yeah, next time yeah. I'm able to be there. <laughs> I love it. Trout stream. <laughs> Genesis 21. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The greater promised son. Uh, the greater promised son being Jesus, uh, the parallels to the promise that God made to Abraham that he would have a son and through him would eventually come the Messiah and all the families of the earth will be blessed through him. Uh, That promise to Abraham that God made that we've been studying the last several weeks was fulfilled through Isaac and um, Sarah had Isaac, Abraham was 100 years old. He had reached the century mark, uh, which is wild yeah. and crazy and, and all the things. And God performed this miracle. Um, he visited Sarah in Genesis 21, we see, and gave her the power. Uh, actually, uh, Hebrews 11, I believe, says that, that Sarah received power to conceive um, Isaac. And so through Isaac, we see the lineage uh, actually spelled out almost in its entirety, but not quite, in the first chapter of Matthew. And so we when we went to that and we unpacked the lineage there that Matthew describes, which comes down the legal line to Joseph, uh, not the bloodline to Mary, bloodline in the sense that Jesus was born of Mary, not of Joseph, because the Holy Spirit was the one who made it possible for uh, Mary to, to conceive and then bear Jesus. But Joseph, the the stepfather, the adopted father, uh, was uh, the legal lineage. So Matthew, the tax collector, the Jew, the the well-educated one who was looking to help Jews understand uh, that this lineage was true and the promises of God from uh, from of old are coming to pass, traced back the legal lineage. Sorry, a lot of no, stuff good. there. And in that legal lineage, we go back to Abraham. And we see how it comes down through Isaac, through through that lineage down all through David, and ultimately with Jesus. And there's so much goodness, and uh, also horrible sin and uh, undesirable things that happen in that lineage, which points us to the grace of God ultimately, and how Jesus redeems 
um, by His grace and and through His blood. So it was a, it was a fun little 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 trip, little yeah. trip down history a little bit, and I did it I believe under thirty minutes, which is also a record twenty nine to be exact. Yeah. Oh, so you know the exact. I mean, I always know the exact. <laughs> if I'm honest, sometimes I act like I don't, but I always know the exact. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, Marcus, um, do you have any big takeaways from Sunday's message? So we're we're leaning into the the Christmas season, and you know, Christmas we celebrate the birth of Jesus. Jesus is coming into the world, and it's not just the birth of a baby, but the significance of that birth. Jesus looked upon our sin and our inability to save ourselves and stepped down, humbled himself, taking on flesh in, in the most like humble form ever, a baby that needed to be nursed, that needed to be taught how to walk, be taught how to talk and read and everything mm-hmm. else, like the most humble form and fashion ever to, to take our place and take the death that we deserved because of our sin. Um, so it's really easy to to gloss over the significance of Jesus's birth during Christmas because of Santa, because of presents, because of trees, because of parties and family get-togethers, and all these things are great. Um, but I think what you did very well, Jared, is you you showed us that Jesus, the greater promised Son, came and and bought our freedom mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. delivers us from sin. Yeah, that's good. A big point that. Um, you highlighted that I really just, um, that I loved from your message was that, you know, he preserved, God preserved the royal line through Mm -hmm. that genealogy, not because of the people's righteousness or the good deeds that they did or anything like that, but in spite of their sinfulness. Mm -hmm. You know, we've, we just recently came through um, seeing how God preserved this royal line of Isaac being born uh, from Genesis chapter 20, where God kept Abimelech from sleeping with Sarah, yep. and he preserved that royal line there, and he's still in the business of doing that same thing um, throughout the rest of these generations, in spite of you know, adultery, in spite of other wicked relationships, and Judah and Tamar, like you highlighted, mm-hmm. in spite of that much sin, he's preserving that royal line, bringing about people and causing this line to preserve until the time of Jesus for him to come and to offer up salvation. Yep. And you know, that just shows that like there's no amount of sin that can keep us away from God's grace and mm-hmm. we cannot outsin God's grace, but he has given of himself freely and that's why Jesus came was to give of himself freely for us. And yep. it was just it was so beautiful. Yeah, that's awesome. I love the I love the perspective too from if you look at it from heaven's viewpoint and you think about the fact that Jesus came and chose this line. He chose humility, like you said, Marcus. He chose to clothe himself in flesh. He chose to to bear the limitations of a baby uh, while fully remaining God the whole time. He chose the limitations of a baby. And in that, he wasn't born haphazardly or coincidentally or... Uh, inadvertently or passively, he he chose this line. He chose and adopted. Think about it that way. Joseph uh, didn't adopt Jesus. Mm-hmm. Jesus adopted Joseph, <laughs> and in that he adopted the whole line before, and he adopted all of the shame and the guilt and the mess, and he came right in the middle of it, 
and he began his life in humility. He lived his life sinless, and he died humbly and, and, and rose again victoriously to ultimately say, there is no sinner beyond the reach of my grace. Turn from your sin, follow me in repentance, mm-hmm. and you will be saved. And um, in that, I just love the perspective of Jesus came and adopted, and re- he redeemed that line, just like he... And, and their story is the same as ours today, yeah. say, sinners saved by grace. That's good. And, you know, not just that he came, like, into that mess of that, that lineage, but, like, the fact that he came through it, that the fact that that line was able to yeah. produce... Jesus, you know, that, and it just kind of shows that, you know, he can come into and come through our mess, that yeah. whatever we've, you know, dealt with in the past, he's not just coming to overcome it, but he's coming to use the, the broken parts of our past. He, he came to use, you know, even the, the broken parts of Abraham's story to bring about his glory the most. Um, you know, he used Abraham's, you know, mistakes to bring about that treaty, like we talked about last week with Abimelech. And, you know, and all it took was just faith in God, you know, that they, yep. that they believed that God would fulfill his promise, you yep. know, and what we have to rely on today is God's promise. He has promised us salvation if we believe in Jesus Christ, and we can hold firm to that promise. Um, That's good. Yeah, so you also talked a little bit about waiting in, in there, um, you know, you know, Abraham mm-hmm. and Sarah had to wait, you know, a hundred years for a son to be born, but they also had to wait just that one year after the, the initial promise of God. And then also, you know, the people of the, the people of Israel had to wait generations and generations to re- receive their promised Savior. So talk a little bit about that, like the, the importance of waiting and what that does and what, what that contributed to this story. Yeah, I think um, ultimately the act of of faith um, is the most purest way to wait when we when we read about Sarah in Hebrews Abraham in Hebrews and and by faith um, what we we may not see the word wait in that language but we see when we trace it back and we look at the story we see that that faith ultimately was what carried them through the season of waiting in 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 a way that allowed them to trust that God was going to. Uh, it says in, in Hebrews 11 that Sarah counted him faithful who had promised, mm-hmm. um, and, and says something similar about Abraham, I believe, in the same chapter too. So it's it's this faith that he who, he who promised is faithful to, to do what he promised to do. And so in, in that, as we wait, we, we consider this posture of faith rather than... Um, you know, sitting on our hands or, or passively just just sitting back and, and allowing everything to happen to us and come to us. It's, it's, it's actually an active trust. In contrast to that, it's an active trust and placing your faith in, in God and reminding yourself, because we need to remind ourselves, we're so easy to forget what He said, and then, and then also, that we're so easy to forget that what he's what he's said he is going to do, and so to remind ourselves of that constantly, the way that that Sarah and Abraham no doubt did, is that posture of waiting that I think we we all can learn a lot from and need to practice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's probably 
one of the biggest issues in our day as far as it relates to Christianity. You know, we are so quick to receive God's promises, but we are, we live in an on-demand culture, and mm-hmm. we reflect that when we get impatient, when we get frustrated, and our faith wavers when we are uh, tried by something at work or, um, you know, at home or whatever, and then we forget what God says because, you know, He didn't give it to us immediately, so, you know, we don't want to spend time in the Word and in prayer. We forget what He said. Then, you know, one, two, three, four actions later, we're a lot further than we intended to be. At least that's mm-hmm. what happens in my life. Um, we're a lot <laughs> further than we intended on going. And we need to remind ourselves. We need to repent. We need to turn to God in repentance and faith. And um, we need to believe his promises, remind ourselves yeah. of his promises that he reveals and issues in his word. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was reading in Philippians 3 yesterday about Paul's attitude um, in this life where mm-hmm. he is straining forward to what lies ahead. He's, he forgets what lies behind, but he is straining forward to what lies ahead. He's pressing on toward the upward call of God. And I just had this imagery <laughs> placed in my head, kind of kind of funny, um, but about the, the tortoise and the hare, where you know the hare is obviously faster than the tortoise, in, in that story, but he gets sidetracked. He, you know, goes off, he takes a nap, he thinks he can, you know, he has it in the bag, but the tortoise, he keeps his eyes on that finish line. He just keeps moving forward, keeps his eyes set on what yep. his goal is. And that should be what the Christian life is like, where, you know, yeah, our eyes our, our eyes may deceive us, but we press on because Christ has made us his own, and we can yep. hold on to those promises, and we can keep getting up, we can keep returning to that to that finish line as our gaze and, you know, keep setting our eyes on him and just keep moving forward. And I think that's just the attitude to have while we wait, where we are moving forward, we are pressing towards who Christ is, but, you know, we haven't, we haven't made it there yet, Yeah. but we keep pressing forward that, towards the hope. That's so good. And I, I think it's important for us to remind, I mean, how easy is it, I guess, to lose urgency in that, you know, and that, and it's like even in in talks like this where we talk so much about the grace of God and there's no thing that you can do to separate you know there's no sinner too far from the reach of Jesus all of that is absolutely true unequivocally and at the same time if we just flounder in that and just throw everything to the wayside and never strain forward to the to the promise if we never Put fix our gaze on him and 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 set our uh, set our affections there. How easy is it to get sidetracked and just to flounder and waver? And so I think when you're talking about that, I think uh, about how important it is to remain fearful. <laughs> I mean, straight up, like if we don't have a holy fear of the Lord, mm-hmm. and that's not a. This is a side. Maybe this is a side note. When I say holy fear, that's not a. That's not a cop-out, like, uh, modifier of the word fear. So I'll just take it out, because sometimes we're, like, in church, it's like, if it's a holy fear, fear is different than holy fear, whatever. You need to fear God. Like, I need to fear God. Mm -hmm. I need to fear God above everything else. And when I do, it changes the way I live. We Sodom and Gomorrah was annihilated, destroyed Mm -hmm. in their sin. 
There was no, yes, there's no sinner outside of the grace of God. And sin will be destroyed. Sin yeah. will mm-hmm. be removed. The yeah. wrath of God will rain down. The wrath of God has rained down time and time again. We see it in Scripture, and we see it culminating ultimately in Jesus. But make no mistake today, those that are far from God, that are walking in sin, that are unrepentant, will receive wrath. And, uh, it, you know, it, it won't be in an instant that's over uh, like Sodom and Gomorrah. It will be in, for eternity. And anyway, that's another story. Yeah. But I just think for us to understand grace, we have to understand fear as well. Mm-hmm. And ultimately, if we don't have a healthy, holy fear of God, then we're going to flounder at best yep. and come back some and then stray again. And there's so much more to this life when when we set our gaze and we set our train uh, towards the promises of God and we and we receive this fullness of life as we go, then then we understand what it's like to walk in the fear of the Lord and how He provides everything we need in that. I just think it's so important for us to remember... Um, Sorry, I went too long, guys. No, that's good. No, I think what's happened, at least in our day, is there's there was this hard shift from legalism, right? Because straining yeah. towards towards the right. mark of the high call, like that sounds very legalistic. So now it's all grace, 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 and I don't need to strain. I don't need to to sacrifice doing things and not doing some things. Um, in obedience to the Lord, out of that that reverence for Him, the legalist and the um, the the other person. I don't know what the person on the opposite end of the spectrum would be called, but both people are have the potential to abuse and misuse that, to no violate question. that. So it's it's finding that that middle ground where you're not straining in order to to ascend this spiritual ladder, and you're not um, just living carelessly like you have no reverence for God. Because if you don't have that holy fear, if you don't um, have that fearful respect for God, then you don't love Him. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, just going back to your main point, Jared, from the message as a whole, Mm -hmm. the, the point was that you know, his word is perfect and it will yep. not fail and it can be trusted. And there's nothing more yep. perfect or more faithful than God's word. Yeah. And in that we receive his promises, but in that we also receive punishment for sin. And we, we see his hatred for sin because he yep. talks about it constantly throughout the Bible. So the main, the main point here, yes, we, we highlight the grace of God and we highlight how good it is and how meaningful it is in our lives and how it has changed us. But he also his word is faithful and will not yep. fail in terms of his punishment of sin, and we shall we shouldn't ignore that either. Um, and and going back to what you said, Marcus, about um, you know faith versus works and legalism versus yeah, I don't know what the other end of the Immorality spectrum is either. Or rebellion, Morality. yeah. Um, you know, the, I think the key part of that comes from Philippians three verse thirteen. Um, or verse 12, not that I have already obtained this or am already perfect, but I press on to mm-hmm. make it my own because Christ Jesus had has made me his own. Christ has already made us his own. He has done the work Strong, of man. saving us, and his grasp on us is firm. Even if we flounder, Strong. even if we are lackadaisical, even if we try to let mm-hmm. go, his 
he has a firm grasp on us. But because of that firm grasp, mm-hmm. we are able to press forward, press on towards him, Love it. and and work for him and and glorify him with our lives. Um, and I think that's the key there. Um, and yeah, it's just been so cool, like seeing God work that out in my life this this past week. But, Love um, it. but yeah, it was it was a fun one. Um, anything, any final takeaways That's a from, wrap, me, from you That's guys? That's a wrap. He shut it down. He yeah. shut it down <laughs> in the stream, man. Yeah. In um, the stream. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you guys so much for joining us. Um, we have one more Sunday. Yeah. This Sunday coming up on the 26th, the day after Christmas. Join us at 5 p.m. at uh, City Church in Gainesville. But after that, we will be going to morning services at 10 a.m. starting January 2nd. So be sure to join us then in the mornings. Uh, we want to keep highlighting that, keep pressing that. Uh, tell your friends, tell your neighbor. Um, we want everybody to be there on the 2nd. Until next time, thank